Welcome to Sound Practice, the business podcast for physicians and healthcare leaders, hosted by Mike Sakopoulos and produced by the American Association for Physician Leadership. Benjamin Franklin famously said, early to bed, early to rise, makes a man healthy, wealthy, and wise. My problem is I like to stay up reading at night and I am loath to rise early. Thankfully, our guest today has ways to improve lives without disrupting circadian rhythms. While serving as chief medical officer at Nemours Children's Health in Jacksonville, Florida, my guest wrote a book that has gained wide acceptance as a useful tool to improve lives. Prepare to learn seven principles that will move your life from ordinary to extraordinary. Let's get started. Gary Josephson is a head and neck surgeon. He holds a position of professor at Mayo Clinic College of Medicine and the University of South Florida College of Medicine. Dr. Josephson is the author of Ordinary to Extraordinary, Seven Principles for Life Success. Dr. Josephson, welcome to Sound Practice. Well, thank you, Michael, and thank you for inviting me. I'm really excited to be here today, and also thank you to all your listeners. I'm excited to share a little bit about my principles. Well, it is my pleasure to be talking to you today. Let's start with the book, Ordinary to Extraordinary, Seven Principles for Life Success. Tell me, why'd you write the book? So uh, great question, uh, Michael. And I'll tell you, I never really thought about uh, writing a book to begin with. But what's really exciting is, is back in 2015, uh, I, was, um, uh, I was humbled, but I got a call from my undergraduate university, University of Albany, State University of New York. And uh, they asked me if I'd like to be the commencement uh, speaker for uh, the undergraduate uh, school uh, on the College of Biologic Sciences. And at first I was again, humbled and taken back and said, well, I'm not a famous guy. I'm just a regular guy trying to make a living. And so, um, you know, I had more questions, but wasn't uh, forthright to say, yes, I definitely want to do this. And, um, but I did agree, um, what an honor. And so I did decide to do it. I thought it would be wonderful. <clears throat> and. Um, I started to create my speech and I had a lot of um, ideas, but I didn't actually have a speech. I had a lot of words on the on a piece of paper and and my wonderful wife, who's uh, uh, dear to my heart, <clears throat> um, she always is good guidance and counsel for me. And she said, um, why don't you talk about your seven principles? And so let me tell you a little bit that way back when, when I was a child um, uh, and started growing up, uh, due to some of the adversity in my life, I decided that I would create discipline and live by some principles. And those principles uh, grew from, from the first one, which I started, and I'll share a little bit more about that at some uh, later time uh, today. Um, but uh, she said, why don't you talk about your seven principles? And so I said, that's a great idea. So I did write uh, the speech based on the seven principles. And um, after the commencement address, <clears throat> um, a number of people came up to me and said, we wanna know more about your principles. Um, so when I came home, I said to my wife, I said, uh, I have another hobby I'm gonna do. I think I'm gonna write a book. I think people need to know about this and I can help more people uh, take ordinary to extraordinary. And um, so she thought that that was a wonderful idea as well. And um, I didn't want it to be an autobiography and I started writing and uh, I came up with the book. Well, phenomenal. That sounds like a nice organic way to come about doing a book. And this, this next question may appear superficial uh, Doc, and I, I'm sorry if it does, but I noticed the cover of the book is a beautiful, bright yellow. What 
my fellow birders would call a prothonotary uh, color. And can you tell me why that was chosen? Did you have anything to do with it? It's really spectacular. Yeah, well, thank you, Michael. And actually, it's funny because when I talked to the publisher and we were, you know, Morgan James Publishing, who uh, was the one that we came up with an agreement to do the book, uh, they really like to uh, have their authors really invigorated in the process of their entire book. And so that's been wonderful. And um, yes, there is a story behind that. Um, so, um, and I share a little bit about this in my book, but when I was about seven uh, or eight years of age, uh, I used to walk to school every day. Um, we lived about a mile, half a mile to a mile away from school. Uh, I actually just was at that point where the next block over got bust, but um, <laughs> my block was the last block that needed to walk to school. So and close. it was one rainy day um, and I had put my windbreaker on to go out to school. Uh, and my mom stopped me uh, in my way to go out and she said, where are you going? And I said, I'm going to school, of course. And she said, um, well, you can't go on that windbreaker. It's raining outside. You're going to get drenched. And so uh, she goes into this little closet we had there and she takes out this uh, yellow slicker. Most people probably remember that yellow with the yellow sure. hat and the black boots. Sure. And uh, I said to her, I, I can't, I can't wear that, mom. And she, so she said, uh, well, why not? And I said, well, I'll, I'll get beat up at school if I wear that kind of garb. And uh, she chuckled a little bit and she kneeled down on her knee and she looked at me and she said, Gary, you be a leader, not a follower. Um, and so I wore that yellow raincoat um, and uh, I did get teased a bit um, on that day. Um, but uh, yellow became my favorite color. Um, it was a sign of optimism. Um, and a matter of fact, uh, when uh, many people say, oh, it's raining out, it's terrible out, actually, um, I love rain. I think rain is wonderful and I call it liquid sunshine. And so, uh, so yes, the color had to be yellow because I wanted to really um, share about what ordinary to extraordinary is and my optimism. And in, I think yellow is a, a sign of optimism for sure. What a great, great story. All right. Gary, I've, I've held off as long as I can. We, we got to get into these seven principles. Now, first, is there any particular order to them? And then maybe we can we can talk about them. Yeah, so that's a great question, Michael. And so, no, um, all seven principles are equally as important. And a matter of fact, they feed on each other. Um, and, you know, the nice thing is, is when I wrote the book, um, you could just read one principle at a time and just try to embody that if you'd like. Um, but really, the goal here is for people to get comfortable with using all seven principles, because again, they do feed off each other. Um, the first principle, and again, it's not the first because it's the most important. It's the first because it's just principle number one. And as I shared about my yellow raincoat story, um, it's a sign of optimism, which is your attitude. So the first principle is attitude, attitude, attitude. I think it's so important, not only for our external environment, but how it makes us feel ourselves as we move out into our world. Um, the second principle is... Um, wisdom and knowledge or knowledge and wisdom. Um, I always say you need to know more than you need to know. And people should uh, uh, go into the world with wanting to do lifelong, uh, lifelong learning. The third principle is relationships and community. Um, and I always say that the single most important decision you ever make is the person you decide to uh, have as your spouse or your, or your partner. Um, and I've been very blessed with a, a marriage of 23 years and a, and a great partner uh, in life support. Um, uh, and that then expands into your community um, because you start with your spouse or your significant other and then your networks grow and your community grows and how you end up leaning on each other. Um, the fourth principle is sustainable wealth. Um, you know, money matters is one of the most challenging things for many people. Um, and I have a very simple thought or formula that I started with and it's grown from there. And so I share with people how to actually create a budget and learn how to manage money better. Uh, 
the fifth principle is spiritual core. Um, you know, it's very important for people to have a, a belief in a greater being um, and also um, self-care and really have a spiritual core. And I talk about that. Um, the sixth principle is healthy living, um, which, uh, you know, and I talk about this a little bit in the book is, is as a physician, probably people are going to start thinking that I'm going to talk about going on a diet and this, that, and the other thing. And absolutely, I think that should be left to people's physicians or primary care doctors to take care of uh, that aspect of things. But I give simple rules of, you know, basically drinking enough water, exercising every day, getting a good night's sleep, um, uh, and managing um, uh, managing your diet. Um, you know, I always say uh, you need to do everything in moderation. Um, so you can enjoy some things that maybe not be the most healthy for you from, as far as eating, but if you moderate, or you, you know, I even say you should do moderation in moderation sometimes. So as long as you do it thoughtfully, uh, then uh, that will continue uh, healthy living. And then the last principle, which really, again, not the most important, but equally as important as the others, but really surrounds everything that we do as human beings is benevolence, the art of giving, um, and how important it is to give back um, and to pay it forward. And, um, you know, as a society, uh, and hence why I wrote this book, I want to share with more people so that we can help our societies and communities um, to be better. And so those are the seven principles and people can see that on my website as well. I have a website called uh, odeforlife.com and my wife and I put blogs on there uh, and everything's evidence-based with articles. I will, um, I'll reiterate that because I did look at your website. It's very well done. And um, I was struck by the, the blog post on, on giving as being um, very nice and, um, and, and footnoted with, with references. So so well done on that. And again, for our audience, it's uh, O, Arabic number two, uh, E, Arabic number four, life, L-I-F-E dot com. Uh, great website worth people's uh, time. Michael, if I can make a comment, if you don't mind, um, you know, one of the big things, my wife and I did the website together, and this is part of what we want to do in giving back and sharing information with people. Um, we actually even have as our in our vision, vision and mission statement for this um, website is, is that we leverage and respect people's opinions. But as a physician, we're evidence-based, and we want to make sure things are surrounded by science that shows why something works. And that's why in every one of our blogs that we're putting on, and we only have a few right now, but they're growing. The, the website's only been out for a short time. Um, at the end of every uh, blog, we do put references. So people who want to know more, they can actually pull up that article and see. And one of the other things, if I can mention in my book, one of the things that the, uh, actually I had two publishers that wanted to um, publish my book. I was very blessed. And again, I went with Morgan James. And one of the things that they really liked about my book is at the end of every principle, there's something that is called tips, which is quick things that people can do um, to start to embody that principle. But the second thing was really nice that I did is, is I put something called matters of fact. Again, I'm a scientist. I believe in evidence-based. And so there are uh, evidence-based articles that show why the principle works um, with the reference. So I have endnotes in, in the book as well. And I thought that that was important because this isn't Gary Josephson's opinion. I've been very, very successful um, with my book and with other things that I've done because I live by my principles. Um, but there's reason why, and there is evidence, scientific evidence that shows that, that the principles work. Excellent. Now, you've done a, a beautiful job going through the, the principles, but what I'm interested in is, is where did they, they come from? So, you know, 
Again, when I was younger, and it goes back to that yellow raincoat story, um, you know, I did have challenges in elementary school and beyond with some things that caused adversity in my life. Um, and so going back to elementary school and not to talk too much about these things, because um, again, the book is not an autobiography, it's a self-help book. Um, I was bullied in elementary school and that really made an impact on my life. Um, and then I had some other adverse effects uh, through my life. And I think most people have adversity in their life. I mean, um, it would be wonderful if everybody was born with a silver spoon and can move through life seamlessly, but that doesn't seem to happen. It's those people that can actually get beyond adversity, use that as a learning lesson um, on how to be stronger, how to be resilient. And so, um, uh, that was the reason for me uh, that I needed to develop these principles is because, again, I needed something that was going to give me some discipline, some structure um, that I can go ahead and look and learn uh, about and do. Um, and then that, I believe that would make me a better person as well as uh, embody me to be very successful in helping our communities and, and successful for myself and my family as well. And uh, it's worked for me and I know it can work for others as well. So it was not to aggravate our audience, Gary, let's, let's pause right here and tell people where they can get the book, because I imagine by now people are, are interested in, in want to know, and I don't want to hold up uh, progress. So where, where can someone find your book? Sure. So I, I again, I, I've been, I've been blessed and, and maybe this is God's will, but the book is everywhere online. Target picked it up, Walmart picked it up, Amazon, Barnes and Noble, um, Goodreads, Foxtails. So if anybody just goes online and puts in ordinary to extraordinary Gary Josephson, um, it comes up uh, uh, pages and pages of where you can uh, purchase the book. The ebook came out on April 5th. So ebook is available for people that have a Nook or a Kindle and they want to download it. Um, the paperback book actually comes out. It's hard to believe in less than two weeks, August 9th. Uh, it will be on the bookshelves in all of these stores, uh, but also for purchase at Barnes and Noble, uh, Walmart, Target, um, Amazon, uh, online. And they can pre-order the book now. And actually, uh, by the time they pre-order, it's going to be in their hands in two weeks or so. Perfect. Well, that is uh, certainly a testament to the quality of the book that it is so widely available. Um, if you were to share one thought about the, the book uh, for our audience, what would that be? So, you know, one of the things too, I mean, there was really a lot of thought when I uh, wrote this book. Um, and it wasn't just about sharing my principles uh, or sharing these principles. Uh, and it wasn't just about um, uh, educating people about how to be successful. I also know that people are very short on time um, and people really wanna be able to get something and read it quickly and then move on. And if they wanna learn more, there's plenty of stuff on the internet and other things that are out there for them to grow. And so I wanted to be, I wanted to build something that was a quick read. Um, so it's a less than a two hour read. Um, what it does is it gives you the foundation of the seven principles and, and these are evergreen principles. So it doesn't matter whether you're a physician or you're in training or you're in the computer industry or anything like that. These foundational principles are evergreen and they'll in any industry or no matter how the world changes, they still do apply. Um, but again, I wanted it to be something that was quick for someone to pick up and not read half of it and say, I don't want to read anymore. The other thing that I did with the book, um, and again, all intentional was people can just read about one principle at any time and then put the book down if they want. And it's nice and short. It's a quick thing. And then they get some information that helps them. Um, so again, another aspect of that I really liked that I put into the book uh, for people to say, yeah, I want to pick up this book. Um, um, uh, it's going to give me some good information to start and build a foundation for myself. As you know, this is the, the podcast of the American Association for Physician Leadership. 
we have lots of uh, physicians and um, healthcare executives in, in our, our audience uh, today. And I'm interested about your trajectory as a physician leader. Can you tell us a little bit about that? So, yes, I mean, again, uh, due to lifelong learning, um, you know, after I got my uh, MD degree, um, uh, I also got an MBA and um, I continued my trajectory, one, to um, continue to help more people. Um, and uh, I still am clinically busy, but I also do a lot of administration. I've also gotten myself involved in um, uh, different um, organizations, including the AAPL, um, because again, uh, through uh, relationships and networking, um, brainstorming and thinking, uh, all together we can make uh, the world better. Um, and especially in today's day and age, um, medicine is changing so much as most people know who are in the medical field and even outside of the medical field. And really as physicians with the experience that we have, we have to get together and work together to make sure that we offer higher quality, um, more safety for not only our patients, but the providers um, and everybody that needs healthcare um, and do it in a better way. And, and that's really my goal with everything that I do is, is I look at how can I give back to the communities and society and work together. Um, so, um, so that is why I will continue my uh, journey um, in helping more people and gaining more education so I'll, I can make things better for others. Very nice. Is the book autobiographical? So again, um, you know, when I did the commencement speech, there was a lot more uh, in my commencement speech that was a little bit more about me and some of the things that I did. But I knew when I was writing a book, um, you know, uh, I knew I would share some stories about myself, but I did not want it to be an autobiography. I wanted it to be a self-help book. Um, and that's why it took me so long. It actually took me six years to write this book um, because I was doing it on my own time and after hours. Um, and, and I enjoy writing. Um, and a lot of iterations and reiterations of the stuff that I work wrote because I'd read it and I'd go, I don't really like this. But I also did a lot of research. So there are stories about um, some people from history, like Thomas Edison, um, Thomas Jefferson, um, Hamilton and George Washington in the relationships chapter. I also did a lot of reading on some studies that were out there that can support the principles. Um, and then I found stories on the internet of people that are not necessarily famous, but had done something inspiring uh, and then really um, made the principle uh, a, a reality for them. And I wanted to share that information. So I found these stories and I confirmed that they were uh, true uh, and then included those stories in my book. So no, it's not an autobiography. There was a few stories about myself, but the lion's share of the, of the text um, is self-help and other people's stories. Well, well, we, we don't have time to go through all the stories, but uh, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm dying to know one of your favorites. Uh, tell me an unexpected uh, story that you found in your research doing this book. So, you know, you know I'm, I'm the type of person that I, I enjoy reading and I enjoy learning and I enjoy learning about other people. Um, and I'm always uh, interested when I meet people for them to share their stories with me because that makes me a better person. You know, one of the quotes that I read once, and I love quotes and poetry and things like that, is I read a quote that said, your adversity may be someone else's lifeline. And, um, and it's true. And that's why I like to hear stories from people, not that they've gone through diff difficult things, but how were they resilient through it? How did it make them better? Because then I can share that with other people as well as learn myself on how I can continue to be, um, uh, be uh, successful um, during um, times like what we're living through now. 
I think one of the things that's really been interesting too about the book, and I will get to your question, which you said, what's my favorite story, um, uh, is um, that we're living in a time of significant adversity right now with uh, COVID and um, you know, uh, the great uh, resignation. And there's so many things going on um, in the world, and not only just in our country, but in the world that we're all impacted by this. I mean, we need to come together as communities um, to help each other to get through this. Um, but this is a book that's coming out at the right time to help people with, again, a foundation um, to get through these adverse times, build resilience, and then see prosperity in the future. So you asked my favorite story, and I got to tell you, I don't have a favorite story. Um, you know, it's a great question. I would read something, say that was my favorite story, and then another story would come up, and I say, well, I think I like this one better. So I think people are just going to enjoy all the research and the stories that I'm sharing in there, but no favorite one for me. Okay, I'll I'll uh, I'll take that as an honest answer and not a taunt. People need to uh, people definitely need to uh, to read your book because there's some great great stories uh, in it. Uh, Doctor, we're we're almost out of time, but uh, I I am interested in our our, our final minutes together about um, what the future holds for you. You thinking of another book? Great question, Michael. And actually, a number of people have asked me that. And so my, my, my initial thing that I tell people is, is it took me six years for the second one. So uh, I don't know what I'll be doing in six years from now from when the second one comes. But um, it, it, it tickles me a little bit that maybe I will. I didn't realize that this was going to um, have the legs that it has. I mean, a lot of people have really enjoyed it. And I've been very humbled by uh, the feedback I got. And so I do think about it, but I would like to go ahead and enjoy um, how this one impacts people uh, in a favorable way. Um, and then I'll start to think about if I'm going to write a second one. So not quite yet, but it is in the back of my mind. My guest has been Dr. Gary Josephson. Doctor, thank you so much for your time. Thank you, Michael. I really appreciate it. And thank you to AAPL and all your listeners out there. And uh, I wish everybody uh, a, an extraordinary journey um, and taking ordinary to extraordinary. And, and thank you again for having me on, Michael. This was really wonderful. My thanks to Dr. Gary Josephson. His book offers wise counsel on how to improve our daily lives. My thanks also to the American Association for Physician Leadership for making this podcast possible. Please join me next time on Sound Practice. We release a new episode every other Wednesday. Bada bing, bada You've been listening to Sound Practice, the business podcast for physicians and healthcare leaders. Check out the show notes for this episode at soundpracticepodcast.com. If you have any suggestions for future episodes, we'd love to hear them. Email us at info at soundpracticepodcast.com. Subscribe to Sound Practice wherever you listen to podcasts so you can automatically receive our episodes. And please rate us and comment on the podcast in iTunes and Google Play. Sound Practice is presented and produced by the team at American Association for Physician Leadership. We are the world's premier organization for all aspects of physician leadership in every sector of healthcare. Learn more at physicianleaders.org. Robin, Red Book of Power.